Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone. It is great to have you with us as we continue in this new series called Whatever. Have you been thinking about that word? Did you catch yourself saying the word whatever? Perhaps you're just joining us for the first time. And we want all of you to understand what an incredible word whatever really is. In fact, I have the definition for us this morning. Whatever means, no matter what happens, lack of restriction, whatever you say, or what will be, will be. There's so many ways to use the word whatever. Sometimes it's very negative. I'm sure that you've done that before with someone when they were talking to you and you were upset or frustrated and you go, whatever. But when we think about it biblically, the Apostle Paul used the word whatever five times in Philippians 4.8. He said this. He said, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. The word whatever is really the best way to use it when we look at it through this lens in Philippians 4.8. Whatever here means the greater good, the best of the best. Paul's teaching to the Philippians was simple but powerful. He tells his readers, as followers of Christ, whatever it takes to stand firm in your faith, think about such things. It's spring. Maybe we need some spring mental cleaning. And that's why this verse is so powerful. We began breaking it down last week, and to do it, we decided to put it into pairings. Last week, we took the words true and noble, and we talked about whatever is real. Now, our second pairing today are the words right and pure. To do what is right means to act righteously. But it's important to understand that righteousness or right living is based on what pleases God. To be able to look into God's word and to live a moral life. And that's why we have the word pure. It means to be morally clean, undefiled, holding to biblical principles, but I thought this was so interesting. Whether we look at the definition of what is right or the definition of what is pure, one word kept coming up again and again as I was studying, and that's the word good. Did you ever think about the word good like that? Yeah, it's, it's a word that I've used many, many times when I was raising kids. I would say, be a good girl, be a good boy. Now we have a new puppy called Bella. And I am constantly saying to this new puppy in our house, 
Be a good dog. Be a good puppy. You see, the word good really takes in the understanding of to act rightly, to be morally pure. See, that's what is rooted in this word good. In fact, I've also thought about this. More and more people do whatever they want. Have you thought about it? Have you been looking at the news lately? More riots in Minnesota, more difficulties and trouble. And I'm not saying that we don't need to work on things in a uh, socially unifying way. But can I be honest? At the root of all of the problems that our country is facing is this desire to do whatever we feel like. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus didn't say, do whatever you want. Jesus literally taught, do what is good. That's what I want to think about for a few minutes this morning. Let's break down what it means when we say to do whatever is good. And Jesus himself is going to help us by giving us three truths that we're going to discover in Luke chapter 6, beginning with verse 27. Jesus said this, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Here's the first truth. Goodness must be rooted in love. When Jesus was talking about to do what is good, to do what is right and pure, Jesus begins by explaining to us that we must love our enemies. Now, let's back up a minute and get the setting. Jesus is talking to crowds of people, and in Luke's gospel, it's known as the Sermon on the Plain. It's, it's very well connected to uh, Matthew's account that we call the Sermon on the Mount. It's probably two different settings. But Jesus had shared themes like any good pastor. He wanted to share with people truth that would be able to transform their lives. Jesus begins by saying this. If you're listening, wow, that's a good way to start, isn't it? Are you really listening or are you on your phone? Are you just sending the next email? Are you on Facebook? Maybe you thought you really needed to just check and look at your Instagram account quickly. No, Jesus says, put it all down. Are you really listening? Because he says this. He says, if you're really listening, I'm going to teach you something radical. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Bam! Smack! Pow! There it is. Radical teaching that they had never heard before in this context. And two words stood out. Love and good. 
There were many words used in the Greek language. Jesus could have taken a different word for love, but he uses the word agape. Can I give it to you in its most simplistic form? Here's what it means. We never desire anything but someone's best. Now, back up a minute. No matter how you're treated, when somebody cuts you off on the road, when someone gets in your face, when someone uh, budges in line, when you don't like how the phone call is going, do you immediately think, how can I love the best for you? That's what Jesus was saying. And then, if that wasn't enough, he says, do good. Specifically, Jesus was saying, do what you know to be right, no matter what. Do what you know to be right, no matter what. Is that how you live your life? Do you hold back the words that you know would be hurtful because you're more concerned about doing what is right? You know what this all comes down to? How many times do we just get frustrated with other people and we go, whatever, just whatever. Jesus goes, there's no room for whatever. Agape, love others, do good. I was reminded of the story of Byron Deal. Byron was a high school basketball coach, and he was an incredible guy. He had overcome so many obstacles and difficulties because if you knew Byron's backstory, you would realize that he had to overcome so many mountains in his life to get to where he was, to have a beautiful wife and amazing children and students that really loved him as a teacher and a coach. Because growing up in his home with his siblings wasn't easy. His dad was an abusive drunk. And if the abuse wasn't enough, you would think that every child would want out from underneath that kind of environment. But what was really devastating was the night that Byron's dad just left without a word. It wasn't until his high school graduation, think about it, his dad left at 11, when he was 11 years old, it was at his high school graduation that he saw his dad for 30 minutes. It was awkward. What do you say? His dad wasn't really there for his son. His dad was there to try to find absolution. He walked away. Byron didn't hear anything else until years later. He got a call from his aunt. And his aunt said, can you come? Can you, can you leave Nashville and can you go to Virginia and see your dad? He's in the ICU. He isn't well. He had uh, liver disease from all of his drinking. Byron showed up. None of his other siblings would go, but Byron showed up. Byron never just said, well, whatever. He showed up, and the minute that he walked into the room, his dad started to cry and cry. And then so did Byron. And you know what happened? The years of hate and frustration, or maybe hate's too strong a word, the years of bitterness 
just began to melt away, so much so that his dad was able to get out of the hospital for just a short period of time, and Byron brought his wife and his children to see him, to meet him for the first time. And are you ready for some great news? During that conversation the second time, Byron was able to lead his dad into a transformational relationship with Jesus Christ. All because he refused to say whatever. Instead, instead, Byron decided to do the right thing. Goodness, here's our first truth. Goodness must be rooted in love. We're not just talking about doing a good job. We're talking about being the good, pure, and right person that God calls us to be, not when it's easy, but when it's not easy. Have you ever been in a relationship before and been hurt? Have you ever been bailed on? Did you ever betray a friend yourself? We've all been hurt. We want to walk away and say, whatever, just whatever. But if we love Jesus... We must love like Jesus. And let me say this to everybody that's listening to the message. If you don't know how to forgive somebody, if you don't know how to love somebody with agape love, if you don't understand what it means to be good and to live a life of right and purity, you need Jesus in your life. There's no other way to overcome the obstacles. There's no other way to be able to move through the difficulties or problems. There is no way to build bridges to people who have hurt us and to forgive without understanding that goodness must be rooted in love. But Jesus wasn't done. He continues to talk. He says in Luke chapter 6, verses 31 through 34, do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. Here's the next truth. Goodness is love in action. Now, Jesus is actually building a bridge here. He talked about if somebody wants your cloak, give it to them. What a great sacrifice. The one that I can struggle with is when Jesus said in the verses we had just read before, if somebody hits you on one cheek, turn your face and give them the other. Have you ever done that? Well, now Jesus follows it up by saying this. To just do what everyone expects you to do, to act like everybody else, even sinners do that. What's he saying? What's he saying? Is he, is he calling all of us sinners? Well, maybe I should back up just a minute and remind you of what the Apostle Paul said. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Here's how to really put it in our minds correctly. Are you and I just repaying evil for evil? Are you and I just responding 
to a person the way they've responded to us? Are we trying to get the one up? Has anybody heard of the golden rule? Jesus was radical in his teaching. He says, look, goodness is love in action. And to be able to be good, we need to understand that we must do to others what you would have them do to you. Now, now let me tell you why this is so incredible. This wasn't the first time that the concept behind the golden rule as we know it had been taught. But it was always taught from the negative by other Jewish leaders or other Greek leaders in some form. It went like, don't do to someone what you don't want them to do to you. Do you understand why this is so different when Jesus says it? You see, when we take it from the negative, don't do, it's from a place of fear. It's from a position of being afraid of what can happen to us. We're on the defensive. Jesus goes, no, 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 no. He said, look, goodness is love in action. Therefore, do to others what you would have them do to you. Go from the positive. Go from a position of faith, believing in the best of another person, especially when they hurt you. How do you do that? How do you, how do you change your thinking and instead of just saying, if that's how you're going to act, well, whatever. If that's how you're going to speak to me, whatever. If that's how you're going to treat me, I'm walking away from this. How do we change our mindset in such a way that we lean in and say, I know you're hurting, you're upset, you may not even like me, maybe you hate my guts, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do to you what I would want someone to do to me on my best day. Okay. I need you to think about this. Are you tracking with me? Are you really listening to what Jesus is saying? I have a question. What relationships in your life need this kind of goodness and love? Who do you need to call? Who do you need to email? Did you just walk away and say, well, whatever, and then you thought by praying to God that would be enough? That's not what Jesus says. Jesus actually teaches that we need to do what is right and pure. Think about it this way. The Apostle Paul took the teaching of Jesus, and in 2 Timothy 2, 22, the Apostle Paul says to his young friend, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't you love it that Jesus gives us application to this? I put them in the form of questions. Do we only love the people we love or do we also love unlovable people? Do we only do good to people who are good or do we do good to everyone? Do we lend money to people who can repay or do we simply give generously?
I was downtown Cincinnati with my son Matt a few years ago. And we were on our way to a bookstore, one of my favorite things. And Matt was with me that day, and we were having a great time. And as we got out of the truck and we were walking down the sidewalk, a woman stopped us and said, I need bus money. It was just for the local bus. She said, would you be willing to give it to me? And I, 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 got, I need to be honest, I started to walk down the street. And I stopped. God stopped me. And I turned around, went back, and I gave her, I don't know, I had a few dollars in my wallet. And as I rejoined Matt, he goes, Dad, do you think she'll use the money for the bus? I said, I don't know. He said, then why did you give it to her? And I said, I gave it to her because God has been so good to me. Goodness is love in action. Here's a third truth. This is how Jesus completes this part of the teaching. He says, but love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Here's our third truth that is so incredible. Goodness rewards faithfulness. Goodness from God rewards faithfulness. I, I need to get up in your business, okay? How many of us do something for someone else expecting to be repaid? How many of us do a good thing thinking, if I give a compliment, you should give me a compliment back. Well, I did that errand for you. Why aren't you available to me when I need something? Can we get real serious? Have you ever felt like somebody was taking advantage of you? And yet, you heard the voice of God whispering in the back of your mind? It's not about you. Mother Teresa, she did a beautiful job when she said it. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Do good anyway. What kind of good are we talking about? We're talking about the kind of good that is righteous and pure and moral. But I, I've got to tell you this, and it, it's, it's so important this is perhaps the most important thing that we need to wrap our mind around because actually jesus repeats himself and says but love your enemies and do good to them he's saying look don't just have a whatever mindset don't do it let god change your thinking because are you ready god is our measuring stick god is where we compare our lives to what God does, not to what other people do. In fact, have you known good people before? I've known good people that are really nice folk. They don't have a relationship with Jesus, but they're, they're good people. 
But have you ever realized that Jesus was always telling us live at a higher level? Jesus was always saying to us, I'm not asking you to do what is best. I'm asking you to do what is better. And that's why we need this third truth. Goodness rewards faithfulness. When we do whatever is good, Jesus tells us that a promise is waiting to be fulfilled. Our reward will be great because we are called children of the Most High. I can understand this because I need to get honest with you. There have been times when as a pastor, I've done things for people. And then later on, I got bailed on. My heart was broken by the same folk. And God goes, did you do it for them? Or were you really doing it for me? Are you just a a human being who is a good person? Or are you a good child of the living God? What a difference. Jesus boldly tells the crowd that when we love like God and we do like God, God will recognize our efforts and bless. When our motives are pure, when our motives are right, oh wow, we're all the way back to what the Apostle Paul said, aren't we? Whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is good, when we act like God, God blesses us. We must always remember that God himself is kind to the ungrateful. Didn't, didn't Jesus end this portion of the teaching in kind of an odd way? That, that we hear Jesus say that God is kind to the ungrateful. He's merciful to the wicked. All I can think of is the verse from the Old Testament, God's mercy falls on the just and the unjust. But our comparison are to the actions of God. We're not to compare ourselves to the worst actions of others. Have you ever heard anyone say, well, I'm not as bad as, well, I've never done this. That's a low standard. That's a whatever standard. Our standard is God. One of my favorite, favorite songs ever written, Amazing Grace. I'd ask you if you know it, but... Pretty much everyone knows it. Did you realize that the author's name is John Newton? A great pastor and writer. Every generation has loved and sung amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Well, John Newton was given that song with love and goodness from God. His tombstone tells the story. John Newton, clerk, once an infidel and libertine, a servant of slavers in Africa, was, by the rich mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, preserved, restored, pardoned, and appointed to preach the faith he had so long labored to destroy. In fact, if you know John Newton's story, you know 
that he helped to bring slaves to England. That's what he's talking about. But when God got a hold of his heart, his heart was completely shattered because he not only needed forgiveness from sin, but he spent a lifetime of doing good to others because he had been such a sinner. In fact, at 82, his friends said to him, you've served as a pastor long enough. We think you might could retire. His health was failing and so was his memory. But he responded, my memory is nearly gone, but I remember two things, that I am a great sinner and that Christ is a great Savior. Have you ever really thought about the words of the song Amazing Grace? It's verse 3 that stands out to me this morning. He wrote, The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. The Lord has promised good to me. John Newton didn't just throw up his hands and say, whatever. John Newton was transformed by the love and the power of God, Jesus Christ, and he wanted to have a right and pure heart that evidenced itself in actions of change. He became a child of the Most High. And the third truth that Jesus gave us is accurate, beautiful, and amazing because it's full of amazing grace. Goodness rewards faithfulness. This morning, this is my challenge to you. Are you and I ready to live right and pure lives that reflect the goodness that God has given to us. Are any of you blessed? Have any of you thought lately, wow, my life is so blessed? Maybe you don't even realize where the blessings come from, but I can tell you that if you have any blessings in your life, they're from the hand of our Creator, from God Himself. And it's Jesus who wants to be our Savior. He's the one that said, love others. Agape love. Do good as you would want others to do good to you. And I have a challenge. Here it is. This week, I want to ask you that when you are in a discussion with someone and you're struggling with them, when you are frustrated and want to snap back, or maybe Maybe you're doing something for someone with the hopes that you'll get something in return. I'm, here's the challenge, just stop. Don't just throw your hands up and say whatever. But instead, let's choose to love like Jesus has loved us and do good regardless of the response from someone else because our reward is from God. Can I pray for you? Father God, I'm praying for all of us today, actually. God, bring people into our life who need to be loved. 
They might be difficult friends. They might be co-workers that we're struggling with. God, help us to decide. Maybe they're family members, moms, dads, kids. But God, help us to decide today. Not just to throw our hands up and say, I'm going to do whatever I want. But God, help us to do good. May people see Jesus in us and through our actions. And may we decide. In fact, God, speak to our minds in that moment when we feel like we're being bombarded. May we decide in that moment to love like Jesus, to do good like God has done for us. And may you be glorified. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you so much. This has been challenging, hasn't it? We talked about doing whatever is real. Being authentic. Now we've talked about doing whatever is good. God's changing us. He's transforming us. And I want you to know that I'm praying for you. Don't give up. Lean in. And don't forget that You're in my heart and mind, and until I see you again soon, be encouraged, take heart, and be transformed. I love you. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below, and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.